Hey guys, um, I want to go over a lot in this episode. Uh, mainly, we're going to be going into Daniel, but first, I do want to apologize. It's been a few months. Excuse me, it's been a few months since I've done an episode. I am working right now. I, um, I driving. I'm a, I'm a safe driver, so don't. I don't want somebody listening to this episode to think that I'm being irresponsible by driving and talking, but. <clears throat> Before this episode starts, I'm going to ask the listener to have something to write with and write on. Uh, you're going to need Daniel 9, 10, 11, 12, Jeremiah 25, Exodus 21, all of Revelations, uh, Psalms 83, Malachi depending on your translation, I use the complete Jewish Bible and I also use ESV and the Sefer and the King James with Apocrypha. I've already done an episode about what translations I use, but in most uh, published translations, it will be Malachi uh, 3 and 4, uh, Micah 5, Numbers 24, Genesis 48, Genesis 49, Deuteronomy 33. Am I missing anything? Ezekiel, I can't remember what chapter. But I'll be mentioning Ezekiel, uh, Zechariah. Ooh, which chapters is Zechariah? Four, four. Is it four? Four, nine, four and nine. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I think that's it. Okay, so I want the listener to have those wrote down, but I'm mainly going to be talking about. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and working my way through. Uh, and, do, and Daniel chapter 9 uh, left off with talking about the vocabulary. I know that I've been looking at how many listeners I've been having. My numbers on my episodes has been inconsistent. I can't help that. Last episode had 20 listeners. Episode before had fewer than that. My very first episode had over, over 100 listeners. But people have been telling me, that, you know, with my first episode being about constant and great, some people tell me I shouldn't look that hard into about lambs. Look, I'm not going to sit there and argue over the anatomy of livestock. But with Daniel chapter 9, with the first half of Daniel's uh, interpretation given by Gabriel, I want the listener to go look at a Christian commentary. They do a pretty good job, but they mess up on that last week. Christian commentary says that's the Antichrist. That's wrong. Terribly wrong. Oh, yeah. And also write, write down uh, Revelation 7 and Hosea 5. Um, so we got the prince and the people to come, and they will destroy the temple. We know that happened. We call that the Jewish diaspora where the Romans came in and uh, ransacked the temple. And the prince and the people to come, we are linking that to Shiloh. Shiloh is in Ephraim. You can easily go to Google, Bing, DuckDuckGo, whatever your search engine is. Do not go to a Jewish commentary for that. They don't make no sense. Uh, Shiloh is in Ephraim. That is several places in the Old Testament alone. And you can easily go on Google, type in Shiloh map Israel. Type in those three words. Click images. You'll you'll see it. So we got the blessings on the head of Joseph. We know that in Genesis 48, 48 Jacob blessed, or blessed and adopted Israel. Uh, Joseph's children as his own, and he blessed Ephraim ahead of the oldest Manasseh. 
And oh, also First Chronicles chapter five. I didn't mention that uh, where we got Reuben is the firstborn son, but he defiled his father's couch. And even though the chief comes from Judah, the blessing still goes to Joseph. And with Genesis forty-eight, we know that a blessing goes from Joseph to Ephraim. This will be the prince making a strong covenant with many for one week. This covenant will be Revelation chapter ten, not the Noahide laws. The Noahide laws are wrong. It will be the commandments of Noah. We are not going to know what they are until the second seal is opened. That will be the bright red rider of power, power to take peace from the earth, where Hosea calls that the watchman of Ephraim. And he is given a great sword. We know the sword is the word of God given by the Holy Spirit. So that will be the new covenant. Whereas if you are not legalistic and you are not religious and you just read the book and pay attention to what's going on, Torah says there are two things. There is the covenant and then there is blood for the covenant. And it should be sufficient enough to explain to the listener that there is a difference and there are similarities between the covenant and the Torah. For example, the Torah says that anybody with mutilated genitals will not be allowed to enter to the council. But we also know that in Isaiah God says that eunuchs would be allowed as long as they followed the covenant which is why in the New Testament the apostle Philip baptized the eunuch so there is a difference between Torah and the covenant but the Torah is supposed to keep you in line with the covenant I guess like the Torah says not add to or take away from this law so you don't go and whore after other gods basically paganism um, but we're looking at that covenant for many for one week for the commandments of Noah. We are not going to know what they are until the start dates of the bull. Do not know what year, but it will be during the bull. I have been saying with these uh, four living creatures, we had the lion, the bull, the face of the man, and the eagle in flight. The lion will be Leo, a uh, white rider who had the bow. Zechariah chapter 9 says, although you, wait, no, that's Isaiah 1 I'm referring to, but I got to go over Isaiah 1 to explain Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9, I have been Judah's my bow, Ephraim is arrow, I will stir up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece. And then the arrow will go forth as lightning. We know the arrow is Ephraim. Ephraim will go forth as lightning. But the Judah is the bow. And we're looking at the first seal, Constantus Augustus, who had the bow because of his mother, Helena, who was a Christian. So he believed in the Messiah of Judah. And he was given a crown during the lion, during Leo, his father, died allowed him to inherit the crown he went out conquering and to conquer and he also showed up as the first horn like a lamb lambs do not have horns and he spoke like a dragon revelation chapter 12 the very last verse says going and attacking god's commandments so even even if the pope wanted to sit there and say whatever you bow on earth bind in heaven no that's fucking wrong you still gotta obey the commandments and even so on the blast of the seventh trumpet God will fill to everything he's spoken of to the prophets, and that would be the prophets of the Tanakh. So there's like so many things wrong with Catholicism because of that. Um, but the second seal, we're looking at this uh, covenant with many for one week to be uh, given to Shiloh, the watchman of Ephraim, and that would be taking place during what we now call Taurus, the uh, second living creature, the bull. Um, and his end comes with the flood. If you've paused this episode and go read the verses or the, go book, read the book of Revelations, we know and what it says, the sixth head is now, the seventh one will be, and the eighth is one of the seven. So there's resurre resurrection language right there for that first one, um, for the first head. This will be uh, the king of Babylon, where Constance Augustus Rex, after he gained the crown, he would have gained the title of Rex. 
which would equal 666. May everybody worship the first beast who will be the king of Babylon. Isaiah 14 is a Latter-day chapter. It says God, when God has given you rest, he hasn't done that yet. We are not resting yet. It says you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. Read the whole chapter of Isaiah 14. And it only describes one biblical character. And this person would be referred to as Nimrod. But it's... Uh, Let's see. The cypresses rejoice to see the Lebanon, saying, Since you were laid low, the woodcutter's axe and the Lord comes up against us. So you got green trees happening and they're only getting cut down. Jeremiah chapter 10 says, Do not learn the ways of the heathen. They cut a tree out of the forest and dress it with gold silver and nail it to the ground so it won't totter. Then in Revelations, it says, Once the first beast rises from the bottomless pit, basically gets resurrected. He kills two witnesses, and everybody on earth makes merry and exchanges presents. So we have Isaiah, Jeremiah, and John, the author of Revelations, basically hinting at Saturnalia or Christmas. And then with this covenant, linking it to uh, Revelation chapter 10, the commandments of Noah. If you do a quick Google search, you'll know that Saturnalia or Christmas, it's, it's sun worship. If you've read God, Exodus, Psalms, uh, so many places in the Old Testament, God is jealous. And he laughs from his throne whenever people go work against his covenant. And basically, with 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, the day of God's wrath, the heavens will open up like a scroll, and the earth and everything on it will be burnt. Uh, think about it as the what science calls global warming, the whole earth burning. Sounds pretty global to me. But with this, uh, his end will come with the flood. In Revelations, as I was saying earlier, the seventh head will be. If you go to Revelation chapter 12, you have a woman clothed with the sun and the moon on her feet. And she's also got a crown of 12 stars. If you're familiar with uh, Joseph's dreams, we can see this as the covenant of the tribes of Israel with the 12 stars representing each tribe, but it's also clothed with the sun and moon on her feet. This is not a birth date. This is a conception date that took place September 23rd, 2017. And the dragon was waiting to devour, devour the man child who was to be born and rule the nations with a rod of iron. The rod of iron is a reward to the church of Thyatira. And if you pay attention to the description of that dragon, the seventh head has a diadem on it. All seven heads have diadems. Now, we also know that Constantine Great is dead. So this not be Constantine Great killing this individual, but it will be Romanized Christians. At which point, this will also be the lost tribe of Ephraim, who happen to also be Romanized Christians, going to crucify Shiloh in the great city that is spiritually Sodom and Egypt where the two witnesses gather and we also know the witnesses gather in the wilderness we also know israel has never been referred to as the wilderness but it's also a nation of fools because it's singing song of moses the song of moses is introduced in deuteronomy 29 and sung in deuteronomy 30 paul he quotes from that uh so i'm pointing that to america makes sense you read the book of ezekiel the sins of sodom where they were puffed up they didn't help the poor a lot of judgmental people they say is like homosexuality but that's that's not what the bible says it's actually not helping the poor and egypt i said in an episode with my cousin that the sins of egypt were was idolatry america is full so full of idols we just got a new one from mexico at the united nations something something uh, peace and security is like this little lion pinata thing it looks it looks like 
a lot of people say it looks like the image from Daniel. It does a little bit, but it ain't got everything on it. Like it's just got the lion and the wings, but it doesn't have the feet of a bear or the body of a leopard. It's got like fish scales on it. It looks really weird, but um, with this incoming with the flood, it's still what I've been saying about Shiloh getting killed. Makes sense, but they kill him for a tree, and because they kill him for a tree, they go to hell. Which is why Ephraim is destroyed in the latter days. That is Hosea chapter 5, and also in Revelation chapter 7, we know Ephraim does not get sealed up. Uh, I'm changing lanes. Safely changing lanes. But with uh, Daniel's interpretation of the prophecy, he is sitting there pondering about Jeremiah's prophecy. And that's where Gabriel, he comes and explains it to him. But in the chapter of Jeremiah where that prophecy is found is in Jeremiah chapter 25. And it says that Babylon will drink the cup last. So when you go back to Daniel and you look at that last leak, it talks about the desolator. That desolator would be the king of Babylon. Now, with the third seal, Black Rider had a pair of scales. He's basically going out there to weigh the hearts. And he's told a riddle from the midst of the throne. If you read Daniel 10, 11, and 12, it should honestly be one chapter because it's one whole vision. But in Daniel 11, it says that this king is good with riddles. We see that he pays attention to those who forsake the covenant. This will be Edom or Rome. And then after that, the shits from Kittim attack him. Now, Balaam. Balaam, he is another witness to this. This is in Numbers 24 where he says that, well, when Daniel, where we had these ten horns, and then a little horn came up and plucked up three before it, that plucking up, that's Torah language. Because you have served other gods, I will pluck you up to serve other nations. Uh, that that's an exile. So we've already got exile language in Torah and exile language in Daniel. So we're seeing this king take other kings into exile. So looking for a king that takes people into exile and also get attacked by the ships from Kittim. This will be Asher, Numbers twenty-four. Balaam he saw that he pronounced it the Balak king of Moab and. What that was all about was Balak, king of Moab, wanted Balaam to curse the Israelites, at which point he could not, but instead he blessed them three times. And that's when he said, and you know, who can live when God does this? Shits for Kittim shall afflict Eber when they're taken away to Asher. So there you go. Your third seal uh, was, or is Asher. Uh, that would be the riddle. And if I'm going to link that to an event, if we've got the first seal, linking that to the event of Constance Augustus being given his father's crown during Leo. We got the second seal, the event being the watchman of Ephraim given Revelation 10, where John was told not to write down what the seven thunders said, but instead to eat the scroll, we would know what those seven thunders said during Taurus. Do not know what year. And then the third seal, if I'm going to link that to an event, seeing that as a riddle coming from the midst of the throne to the Antichrist. Maybe that the event of that would be the Mark of the Beast event. I don't think it will be the event of the ships from Kittim. I think it would happen after, like before that. And then the third, uh, fourth seal, uh, Eagle in Flight. Uh, I've been saying that that Scorpio, I'm still confident with Scorpio, that would be the covenant with death, followed by God's four judgments, uh, followed by the fifth seal, the weeping under the altar, where everybody gets the same thing that Shiloh did, crown and white robes. Now, when it comes to Shiloh, Genesis 49, the blessing on the head of Judah, <coughs> excuse me, and Deuteronomy 33. It, I don't have my notes with me. You can 
go read the blessing on the head of Judah. Ignore the Jewish commentary. It's dumb. And it says in like, honestly, five ways that Shiloh believes in the Messiah. The Messiah said that Moses wrote of the Messiah. He wrote of the Messiah by saying Shiloh believes in the Messiah. Wash. All right, wait. The choice fine. He grabbed, uh, chose the choice fine. His ass coat to the choice fine. Wash his vesture and grapes. And his ass is coat in the blood of grapes. Blood of grapes, that's wine. Wine is the blood of the new covenant. Uh, the choice vine, Messiah says, like, he what, Matthew 15 or 16, that he's the choice vine. And then his eyes, rebel wine. Uh, basically, Shiloh sees the abuse of the blood of covenant and his teeth white with milk. Uh, 1 Corinthians, either 1st or 2nd Peter, and also the book of Hebrews, basically says, you are ignorant and the teachers of righteousness. You do not need solid food. What you need is milk. So Shiloh, being that his teeth are white with milk, he's not necessarily an infant. And the teachings of righteousness, more like a toddler being weaned off and being ready for solid food, which is the hidden manna reward to the church of Pergamon Revelation. I'm trying to cover everything in one episode, and I really got to go ahead and do it because it's a lot. It's a lot. But, um, yep, gets killed for a fucking tree. Um, how I'm seeing it makes sense but if I was to take a step back and just pay attention to the illustration and the moral of all this with speaking like a dragon making everybody worship the first beast it could have been the second beast it could have been the third beast the reason it's the first beast is because that first beast who I believe was Jasher the book of Jasher uh, which is mentioned twice in the Old Testament, but was not included in the Bible for some god-awful reason. Basically, this individual was responsible for turning everybody away from the Creator. And religion is the best way to do that. Which is also why I believe polytheism cannot work. You cannot micromanage a theology and call these things gods. Maybe a superhero, but not a god. Um, but with the image of the beast being graven images, mark of the beast, false mark of authority... But we've also got with, you know, false worship, graven images or idolatry. The mitzvah concerning graven images says, because you saw no image, likewise do not make an image, not in the likeness of anything that walks, slithers, crawls, swims, flies, the likeness of any male, female, or any figure on earth or in heaven. It is also praying to something without breath, which everybody does. The Jews do it, the Muslims do it, and the Christians do it, and the Catholics do it. Everybody does it. So, like, the Christians, they do it to a cross. Muslims do it to a box with a rock in it and the Jews do it to a rubble of bricks and Catholics do it to everything else. So there's so much wrong with calling these congregations Abrahamic religions. I do encourage people to go out there and read the book of Jasher. You'll learn a lot more about Abram. Abram, he lived with his father Terah and the Ur of the Chaldeans, which would be modern day Iraq. His father Terah owned an idol shop. And Abram, he walked in there and he smashed all but one idol. He put the hammer in the twelfth hand of the in the in the hand of the twelfth idol. And his father Terah asked him what happened, and he told him that this idol smashed the rest of them. And his father Terah was like, "That's impossible. They're just rocks." At which point Abram responded, "Then why do you sell them as gods?" So if we were to just look at this situation, we could see Abram being. A God-fearing agnostic almost like he was searching for God but he just knew everybody was wrong 
but he was still searching for God. At which point, he migrated up north to Haran, Turkey with his father, Terah, and then God made a covenant with him after his father, Terah, died. And this covenant was to go to him for all nations, not just Israel. I am not a Zionist. I do not believe in that. I think it's just being a leech to leech on to scripture to try to justify a government which doesn't make no sense because their half of the book says come buy oil and wine for free like there's the bible is the most anti-religious and anti-government book ever published but anyways you can't say that or they'll call you an anti-semite but with psalms 83 psalms 83 uh the quran the quran says that the Torah, the Psalms, the Gospels were revealed by Allah. Psalms 83 says the Ishmaelites are one of many nations that have a history of working a covenant against God. And that's, I don't want to speak against the Quran. I don't want to speak against the Quran. I don't want to talk about the Quran because there's there's so many things that people can sit there and sweat. Like anybody can sit there and say God is one. I could call myself a duck, and if you don't know what a duck is, you probably believe me, but I'm getting off topic. Um, but Jeremiah 25, when you look at your Christian commentary, they do not go to Jeremiah 25 to explain it at all. Uh, there may be some commentaries out there. I haven't had time nor the want to to go after their commentaries. Because when they get to that last week, they call the individual the Antichrist. So I can only assume that they kill him because they think he's the Antichrist. Which is dumb. Because nowhere in the Bible does it say the Antichrist gets killed by a pagan mob. But it's it's whatever. I, I see it more as a reach. But I think... I think, with, uh, I think that's all I really want to talk about with that last week. As far as uh, Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12, Daniel 10, uh, no wait, Daniel 11 and 12, they cover a little bit more about this Asher individual with this little horn that plucks up three. And we know that he's good with riddles. This voice that comes out of the midst of the throne is a riddle to this individual. This will be the third seal. It takes place in what I have been saying is Sagittarius, is face of a man. I am starting to lean a little bit more towards Aquarius, and I'm probably going to stick with Aquarius. I am satisfied with the lion being Leo. I am satisfied with the bull being Taurus. And I am satisfied with the eagle in flight being Scorpio. And I'm starting to be satisfied with the face of a man being Aquarius. But as for the riddle, I don't understand the riddle. But I do know he is told not to harm those who have the oil and the wine. The oil, if you go to Zechariah, I think, what did I say, four? I think it's four. Is it four? Maybe. Uh, the talk about two anointed ones, the two sons of oil. Basically, Shiloh getting killed is what anoints him, which is ironic. But... That's where the Messiah says, if anybody says that they are the Messiah, do not believe them. Shiloh is not the Messiah. It is what kills him that turns him into Mashiach ben Joseph, which is where Ezekiel comes in. And like, okay, so in the Gospels, the uh, Pharisees are having a conversation with the Messiah about resurrection. And one of the Pharisees is like, how, is one re- bent, how does one become reborn? 
am I to crawl into my mother's womb? And that's when the Messiah responded, you're a teacher of Israel and you don't know. So this is in the Tanakh where God says through Ezekiel, I will resurrect your bones through these two sticks, one stick through Judah and one through one stick through Joseph of Ephraim. I don't believe in the Zohar. I don't believe in the Talmud. I don't believe in any of the Jewish literature aside from the Tanakh. I don't like, no, no. They're the most pagan commentaries I've ever heard. I don't pay them no attention. I do read them. I take like I read them. That's it. But Shiloh would not become a Mashiach until after he's killed, apparently. Um, but the reason for that riddle, the reason for Asher's riddle is due to marriage. This is in Exodus chapter 21, verse 11. If you go read that and keeping him like if we were going to sit here and say that God's in control and keeping that in mind saying that God gave us everything well he's also sending you away for a price which is basically what the riddle's purpose is that's the price of him sending you away because if we're going to observe the tone of revelations this will be the great apostasy that Paul talks about where people still believe God sent his son to die for pagan shit like Christmas but at the same time I'm emotionally invested in this I've been reading this book for years I, I want the listener to read Psalms I believe it's in uh, Psalms chapter 82 the Messiah he's when he's sitting there being accused of blasphemy and he quotes from Psalms 82 I believe where he says, you are God's sons of the most high. And that's what it's in Psalms. He says, does it not say in your Torah, you are God's sons of the most high. So Torah just meaning teaching. I talked about that a little bit. If we're going to take into account what Deuteronomy chapter 18 says, about God will raise up somebody who will lead you back to the prophets or lead you back to God. It's talking about prophets. I've said that Christians cling that verse just to the Messiah. That is incorrect. Not only does that verse give the Messiah authority, but it gives every single prophet of the Tanakh authority. And if you're going to understand what Torah is, I did an episode where uh, I think I named it Seed is Torah. I did it with my cousin. And I didn't do a good job explaining it. And my reason for that is because I felt like he explained it good enough. But there's a mitzvah in the Torah about mixing seeds. So I'm going to have to go over that again. But I think I think I'm comfortable enough with ending this episode here. I don't know when I'll do another episode. I know it's been like three months. And I, I apologize for the delay. I still haven't organized everything. I'm having to do this episode uh, while I'm at work. As far as the commandments of Noah goes... I'm still clinging to what I've been saying about the commandments of Noah is 
not doing anything because Noah, he wasn't given a feast. He wasn't given any Sabbaths. And if we got Revelation saying on the blast of the seventh trumpet, God would have fulfilled everything he's spoken up to the prophets. And Hosea, being a prophet, says that God will put an end to the feast, the new moons, and the Sabbaths. And ideally, being that the Sabbath is a mark for God's people, I don't believe it's like with Hebrew meaning set apart. I don't feel like it's true Hebrew nature to be marked with God's people or they're fucking up. So I'm almost, I've almost tempted to not keep the Sabbath anymore. Which is conflicting for me, but it is what it is. Can't do nothing about it. And I'm already seeing that he's going to put it into it anyways. But with Daniel, it does say that the wicked will ask the wise what is going on and I still feel like it will be better understood as it's happening a lot of people a lot of commentaries link all these events to Alexander the Great and all this other stuff but they don't quote Jeremiah chapter 25 and they don't even quote Daniel because Daniel says that the purpose for these 70 weeks is to seal up prophecy and to seal up the prophets in a most holy place. To seal up the prophets, that goes hand in hand with the blast of the seventh trumpet. So, I don't I don't trust the commentaries. I've, I've been ignoring them lately. But, that's probably where I'm going to end it. I do apologize for being late. Maybe I'll get another episode in next weekend. It may be a month. I'm satisfied with where I'm at. I want to close this season out and now start with the the New Testament. I don't know if I want to give each uh, apostle's testimony their own separate episode. I know I did not do that with some of the other prophets of the Old Testament because the prophecy the, the prophets' books were small. Uh, like Obadiah is only one chapter so when you read these prophets when you see Edom link it to Rome when you see Joseph I would link that to Shiloh in most cases maybe not all of them a lot of these prophecies there are there are repetition in them I see a lot of dual uh dual ship in them and some of the places where I see the Messiah I'm also seeing Shiloh for example Micah chapter 5 Bethlehem that's where the Messiah was born Bethlehem will not give them up until she who is in labor has given birth and that person in labor is the covenant of the lost tribes of Revelation chapter 12 whose conception date was September 23rd 2017 but I think that's going to be it for this episode. Again, I apologize. And just be, just be patient with me. Later.